0: I'm excited to be here with you tonight. I really am. I believe God is going to speak to you tonight, and I'm excited because of why you're here. Uh, about, let's see, probably six weeks ago or so, I was praying one day, and God just really impressed on my heart that I needed to uh, teach some people in the church about hearing God and and how to hear God and what that how it works and how you do it. And you know, I, I uh, something that has been so precious in my life. Um, over the past several years specifically, has been the voice of God and knowing that I'm being led by Him and directed by Him in the decisions I'm making. And, uh, and I want you to know that that's not just something for me. It's not just something for the elite. It's something for anybody to experience and to walk in. And so tonight I hope that you brought uh, something to write down on. Some notes and get ready to take a lot of notes. I'm going to go through a ton of scripture tonight, uh, but that's good because we're a church. We believe in the Word of God, right? Amen. And uh, and I want to help you to understand how to hear the voice of God. I, I I was probably in high school, and we had this um this man came and spoke at the church that I was attending at the time, and I remember him getting up and he was talking about hearing God. And, and But he wasn't talking about hearing God, he was just talking about a situation where he was hearing God. And he's telling this story, and in the story, it's like he's driving down the road, and it, the way he tells the story, it's like he's sitting in the driver's seat, and and like God's sitting in the passenger seat. Like he doesn't say it that way, but it's like, that's how he's explaining this conversation. So he's like telling a story, and it's like, I'm driving down the road, and I'm saying, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do about this? And he said, the Lord said this, and he was like, Well, Lord, I don't know about that. What do you think? And he's talking about this conversation he's having with God. I remember as a kid listening to this and just thinking, are you serious? Like you can talk to God like that? Like you're just talking to God, like having a conversation? And he's just so nonchalant about it. But there was no explanation. There was nothing. It was just, and so here's what happened. I walked away from that story thinking, well, that's just for special people. He's a pastor. He's a guy that comes to churches like my church and speaks at them. And so, yeah, he can have that, but I can't have that. Like, I could, I can't imagine that happening to me. Uh, But I want you to know that you can have a conversation with God. You really can. You can hear God. God can speak to you. God can lead you and direct you. I'm not going to say it's. I've never had it like that necessarily. But I'll, I'll tell you this, I know I hear from God, and I know that God speaks to me, and I've been led by God, and I'm going I'm to share some stories with you tonight of some different times when God has spoken to me, uh, beyond a, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God speaks to me, and I believe He can speak to you too. God does not love me any more than He loves you. He doesn't want to speak to me more because I'm a pastor. He wants to speak to you because you're a child of God just like I am. Can I get an Amen. So, as we jump into this tonight, there's two things we've got to start off by kind of unpacking a little bit. Here's the first thing you need to come to understand. Number one is this God wants to talk to me. Number two is this I can hear God's voice. Before we can go anywhere else, you've got to come to believe that God actually really does want to talk to you and that you can hear the voice of God. We can't go any further until you have faith in those two things. So let's start with God wants to talk to me. The heart of God is that he wants to talk to you. He wants to have a real relationship with you. In fact, the kind of relationship God wants to have with you is a personal, real, close friendship with you. Jesus said it like this in John 15, 15. And by the way, I know it's an equipped class, but uh, I'm still a preacher and I still like to hear amens and that's good and let's go. So feel free to chime in from time to time as we do this tonight, all right? John 15, 15, Jesus says, I don't call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. Somebody say friends, friends. because I've made known to you everything that I've heard from my father. So Jesus right here, God's son, who is God, says this, he says, I call you Friends, Call you, you who have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. God looks at you, and he doesn't call you a servant. He calls you a friend. He says, I call you friends. So understand this. If you're a Christian, you are a friend of God. God calls you a friend. Now, how many of you in here have a friend? If you have a friend, I want you to lift up your hand. I hope everybody in the room has some form of friendship. Okay, that's good. That's a good start. If you don't have a friend, if you're not lifting up your hand, Welcome to Equip. By the end of the night, hopefully somebody will be your friend, okay? How many of you would say that beyond just a friend, you have a really close, personal, like really good friend, like a best friend? If that's you, lift up your hand. Maybe it's, maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a, a sibling. Uh, maybe it's a cousin, aunt, uncle, I don't know, but you got someone that you're really close with. Maybe you grew up with them. Okay, so these friends that you have that you would say you're close with, how many of you from time to time... Spend time with them. Like maybe you go play golf with them or you grab, you know, coffee with them or tea with them. You spend some time with them. If you have a friendship, how many of you do that, right? And when you hang out with them, how many of you talk to them and have a conversation with them while you're spending time with them? Does that happen? Okay, let me ask you this. If all of a sudden that friend just quit talking to you, just shut down the conversation what would you think? You would think something is wrong, right? Because one of the marks of friendship or relationship is communication. When you're in a relationship with someone, when you are in a friendship relationship with someone, communication is something that takes place. You talk with them, and they talk to you. You listen to them, and they listen to you. There's a back and forth kind of communication that takes place. Okay, so Communication, we, but we all agree, it's a mark of friendship. Now, what did, what did Jesus just say? I call you friends, yeah. right? So Jesus wants to have a real relationship with you. That's the wonderful thing about, about life in Christ, is we get to step into a relationship with God. That's why we talk here at New Song Church about knowing God, coming to know Him, coming to walk with Him, in a real relationship. And that kind of relationship is a friendship that God wants to have with you. So, based on that, I have a hard time believing that all of a sudden God, who spoke to people throughout the Bible for 4,000 years in the Old Testament and New Testament, story after story after story, all through Scripture, old and new, of him communicating and talking to people individually, how all of a sudden he just decided that he was done and he was going to shut it down and not talk anymore. I'm sorry, I just have a hard time with that. That doesn't, to me, come into alignment and agreement with the Word of God, which I know is the will of God, and, and it helps me understand what God's all about. So this idea that some people have, that some theolo- the- theological thoughts would pursue, that says that God's done, He's given us the Word, now He doesn't want to talk to you anymore individually, I'm here to tell you tonight, that is not true. God wants to speak with you he wants to talk to you he calls you a friend and friends talk don't they so you got to first believe god wants to talk to me god wants to talk to you he wants to talk to you and you can hear the voice of god uh, as a christian understand this hearing the voice of god is not just something that you do it's actually a part of actually who you are it's a, it's a it's 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 a part of the makeup of who you are as a born again child of god let me let me show you this in scripture john 10 if you want to flip over there john 10 verse 1 i'm going to move through a lot of these verses kind of quickly so please forgive me i know they're recording this and videoing this tonight so if you miss it you'll be able to go back and grab a lot of this stuff john 10 starting verse 1 jesus says this most assuredly i say to you he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way the same as is a thief and a robber. Now, let me ask you, who do you think he's talking about here? Someone who would try to get into the sheepfold another way, a thief or robber, who would that be? Who do we think that is? That is probably the devil, right? Or Satan, right? But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse 3 To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. They hear his voice. Who hears his voice? The sheep hear his voice. Okay, remember that. We're going to come back to that. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So he says they hear his voice, and they know his voice. The sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, and they know the voice of the shepherd. Now skip down to verse 11. And Jesus says this. Remember, this is Jesus talking. This is red letters if you got a Bible with red letters in it. Jesus says, "I am the good shepherd." Who is the good shepherd? Jesus. So Jesus says, "He's the good shepherd. The thief or the robber is Satan, right? So we know who Jesus is in the story. We know who Satan is in the story. And just just by the way, when you're when you're studying scripture, one of the important things to do is look for yourself in the story. Yeah. Look for you. Look for Jesus in the story because yeah. Jesus is all throughout the Bible. But also look for, look for you. Look for where you are in the story. So in this story, who are we? Sheep. We're the sheep. That's absolutely right. You guys have been going to New Song Church or something like that, right? Jesus is the shepherd. Satan is the, is the thief. And we are the sheep. Now, this is some of the best news you'll ever hear. You know why? Because what does verse 4 say? Let's look at it again. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yes. Turn to the person beside you and say, I'm a sheep. I'm a sheep. Now turn to the other person and tell them, I can hear the voice of God. He says the sheep hear his voice. It's a mark of what sheep do. It's just who they are. They hear the voice of the good shepherd, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now jump down to verse 27, John 10:27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And you know, that's interesting because The sheep are following the shepherd, right? And as Christians, what are we? We're Christ followers. So once again, we see that we are the sheep in this story. So the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. So I want you to know that you can hear God, that you can hear the voice of the shepherd. This is is red letters, my friends. This is Jesus talking. So I don't care what somebody has told you because Jesus, this is what Jesus said in his word. So it doesn't matter what anybody else says. What matters is what Jesus said. So uh, here's what I'm trying to get across to you. You can hear the voice of God. God wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you, and you can hear what he's saying. A distinguishing mark of a person who is a Christian, of a person who's made Jesus the Lord of their life, is you can hear God. All right, so when it comes to hearing God, here's some stuff you need to understand. Hearing God is inherent. If you're taking notes, write that down. Hearing God is inherent. In other words, it's something that you're born with. Or let me say it like this is something that you're born again with. When you're born again, you are born again with a Spirit of God living inside of you, and now you have the ability to hear the voice of God. John 8 47 says it like this Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. John eight forty seven. The reason you do not hear is you do not belong to God. So John eight forty seven. If you belong to God, if you're a Christian, you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you can hear what God says. You you could literally translate this verse to say, whoever is a Christian, hears what God says. That's what he's saying to us here. So as a Christian, you can hear God. It's inherent. The ability to be able to hear God is now within you because you are born again, you've received a new spirit, a born again spirit, and now that spirit can be in tune with the spirit of God hearing what God wants to say. So it's inherent. But here's the second thing you have to understand is hearing God is learned. Hearing God is learned. You say, okay, Pastor Josh, I'm a little confused because you just said that it's inherent and now you're saying that it's learned. So which one is it? Well, it's both. You're born again with the ability to hear from God, but it doesn't mean that you are able to do it right away or that you understand how it works. A great example of this is, is children. When a child is born, a child is born with the ability to communicate, aren't they? Yep. They have the ability. They have ears that allow them to hear sounds. They have a mouth through which they have a tongue and vocal cords that they can make They can make sounds and they can speak. They have a brain so they can process information and carry on a, a conversation. But how many you know, babies don't come out of the womb talking, do they? They have to learn. They have to learn what words mean. They have to learn how to communicate, when to talk, when not to talk. So they're born with the inherent ability to do it, but, but, but they have to learn how it actually works. And the same is true for us as believers. We have to learn how this works. You can hear God. You have the ability. But understanding how to commune with God is something that you have to grow in. And listen, every spiritual thing is something that you need to grow in. Every area of your life spiritually you're going to be growing in. You know, we're in a series right now, a new song about prayer. And the series, here's what it's all about. It's about helping you grow in your ability to pray. Because as you grow in your ability to pray, you learn how to pray more effective prayers. Prayers that can not only touch your life, but touch the world around you. We don't always understand that. How many of You know, remember when you first got saved, you didn't really know how to pray very good. Or when you were a little kid, you didn't know how to pray. You didn't know how to pray in the name of Jesus. You know how to pray and, and, and declare authority. You know how to do some of that stuff. But the more you grew in your relationship with God, the more you came to understand how prayer works. Well, talking with God and hearing from God works the same way. You have to understand it. So I'm going to help you with a lot of that tonight. Help you understand how you grow in this. So the ability to hear God is inherent. The ability to hear God is learned. And the ability to hear God is something that has to be matured. Because just because you can do something doesn't mean that you are very mature in doing it, does it? And another great example of this, I'm going to go back to it, is children. Children, while they learn how to communicate, it doesn't always mean that they're very good at doing it. And sometimes they can be very immature in their communication. My my daughter, Bo, is an incredible example of this in our life. She's getting a little bit better because she's getting a little bit older and she's got a little bit more self-awareness now. But when she was little, especially when she's little, Bo just tells it like it is. She just, what's on her mind, she just lets you know. And so uh, I remember one time she told her grandparents when they were complimenting her, she told them her grandparents that they were wrinkly. Um, <laughs> one time um, there was a person that was complimenting her cuteness at, the, at, at Target. They were talking about how cute she was, and she just looks at him and she goes, your breath is bad. Just beau. Bo. Just letting it fly. Um, she's she's told people that they were, I remember one time we were sitting at a, at a dinner table in a restaurant. We had a whole group with us, uh, different people that were with us. Another actually pastor that was visiting our church and she declared to the entire table that she needed to go to the bathroom, but in great detail. Like let us know exactly what she was getting ready to go do. <laughs> she just lets it fly. Just tells it how it is. So we've had to, We've had to teach her, hey, you can't just, you know, you can't just say whatever you're thinking. You can't just tell people that they're fat and ask, tell people that they look old. Like, that's not okay. She's immature. So she has the ability to communicate. But how many of you know, you can be immature in your communication. In the same way that we can be immature in our communication, we can be immature in our ability to understand how God is talking to us, what God is saying to us, how we, how we speak to God and how we listen for his voice. You know, sometimes when I'm talking to my kids, because they can be distracted very easily, I have to say stuff like, hey, look at me while I'm talking to you. And then I'll talk to them, and I'll say, when I'm done, I'll be like, hey, okay, now repeat back what I just said to you. Why? Because they can be easily distracted, because they're immature. And as we get older, we start to learn how to tune things out a little bit better. We grow in our ability to learn what to listen to, what not to listen to. You know, I don't have to sit down with my staff at New Song Church when I'm having a meeting and be like, all right, now you look at me while I'm talking to you. <laughs> Casey Bush, what did I just say? Repeat back to me what I just said. I don't have to do that because these people have matured enough to know how to, how to listen. But, but sometimes in our walk with God and our hearing God and communicating with God, it's something that we need to continue to, to grow in because we can get distracted. There can be things that throw us off. Um, and, and keep us from what God wants to do. So we've got to mature in our, in our hearing God. If you're going to hear God, there's some things in this world you're going to have to tune out yeah, exactly. because there's a lot of noise in this world that will try to distract you from God's voice. Yeah. A lot of voices that will be speaking to you. There's the voice of the enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. There's the voice of just the world. There's the voice of the busyness of life, you know. It's amazing how often... You sit down to do your quiet time and all of a sudden your memory gets real sharp for all the stuff that you got to do. You know, that meeting that you got to schedule and that email that you need to send and that reply to that, all of a sudden, wow, it's amazing how sharp we get whenever we're, we're going to talk to God because distractions, right? So we got how to learn how to tune some of that stuff out and listen to what God says. So how do we do this? Well, One of the great resources for hearing God, and this is so, so, so big. If you're going to hear God, one of the most important things that you need to do is you need to tune in to the Word of God. The Word of God is vital. Um, if you want to mature in your ability to hear God's voice, you need to get into the verses of Scripture and learn what God says in the Word. You want to hear God, read your Bible. Read your Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God gave us the Bible, and he designed it to give us clear boundaries in what to do, what not to do, to help us understand more about the nature of God, the character of God. And since God wrote it, uh, he's not going to contradict it. You heard me talk about this a few weeks ago. God holds his word in high regard. And so it's important that you know the word of God because once you know the word of God, you can filter the voice that you're hearing through the lens of scripture. Yeah. And that's so big. And in fact, I believe this. One of the things that the Bible talks about is how the, the Lord wants to bring back your, to remembrance the word of God in your life. And the Bible talks about how you need to hide the word in your heart. Some of you don't hear the voice of God because you don't have the word hidden in your heart. Yeah. I'm telling you, nine times out of ten when God talks to me and I hear the voice of God, he, if he says something specific, he always backs it up with a verse. But he can't see, speak something specific to you and back it up with a verse if the verse ain't hidden in your heart already. Yeah. Yeah. So some of you, you want to hear God, but until you get into that word and you start eating of the word of God and making it a part of who you are, you're going to have a hard time hearing God. Because how do you know the voice that you're hearing is the voice of God or the voice of just some other voice? Because, you know, other people, I've had people, heard stories of people that have done crazy stuff. Like they've divorced their spouse because they said God told them to. God said, you married the wrong person and you need to divorce that person. and marry. Someone. Listen, that ain't God. <laughs> God ain't going to do that. That contradicts the word of God. He's not going to tell you to do that. God's not going to tell you something like, well, you, you know, it's okay that you look at porn. At least you're not having an affair. That's not, that's not the voice of God. Right. You guys with me tonight? Yeah. Right. God, God needs his, his, his word in your heart. You've got to hide it inside of you. If you want to hear the voice of God, you need to know what the word of God says, what the Bible says. Because the Bible, listen, it's the word of God. You're talking about wanting to hear God? Get into his word. I'm telling you, nine times times out of ten, when God speaks to me, He speaks to me and reminds me of the Word. Because the Word is powerful. Listen, the Word is not just a book that we read. The Word of God is a powerful book that can read you. It is living. It is active. It is not just the Word of God. It's God. God is in the book. And so you need to eat of the Word of God and value it. It's the number one way you're going to hear the voice of God is to tune in to what the Word of God is saying. Hebrews 4:12 says this, "For the word of God is alive and active." No other book can make that claim, but the Bible. The Word of God is alive, it's active, it's alive, and it's active. You know what's active with the breath of God? God spoke that word. He, he, he declared his word to the saints who penned his thoughts into scripture. And now we get to read and eat of the actual words of God. And the same breath of God that breathed life into that word, now you can breathe in and you can speak it out of your mouth and it breathes life into your situations. Amen. Amen. The Bible's alive and it's alive and it's active. But listen, it's not going to be alive and active in your life unless you get it alive and active in you. So you've got to get in to the word. And as you read the word, not only is the word of God powerful, but through the word you you begin to start to discover who God is and what God's all about. You learn about the nature of God. You learn about the character of God. You learn about who God is, what God's for, what God's against. By the way, God's for you, just so you know. <laughs> and he's against the things that try to steal, kill and destroy you and hurt you. So God wants you to 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 tune into the word of God. Because see, through the word of God, you don't just learn how to, how to hear the voice of God, but you learn how to know the voice of God through the word. There's a difference between hearing God's voice and knowing God's voice. And God wants you to know his voice. Look back at John 10. John 10, where's that verse? Let me find it here. It talks about the sheepfold. He calls his own sheep by name, John 10. He brings them out of the sheep, uh, brings out his own sheep. He goes before them and the sheep follow him. When, when, when Jesus talks about this, he talks about the, he uses this word sheepfold, it's really interesting how this works. In Bible times, um, very often a shepherd would be out with his sheep and he would be leading them and guiding them. You know they'd lead them and basically it was kind of open range, fenceless. And so a shepherd would have a, a specific territory that he would kind of know he could navigate. and he would take those sheep and he would lead them to green pastures. And besides still waters, to drink and be refreshed. And he knew how to lead them. Psalm 23, that's where we get that. But at the end of the, at the, end of the night, to, per, to protect the sheep, they would take the sheep and they would put them into a sheepfold. And when they would do this, typically, a sheepfold was like this giant kind of uh, corral that they would bring a bunch of sheep into. And it wasn't just the shepherd and his flock. It would be multiple flocks. So there may be five or six different shepherds that were bringing their flocks into one sheepfold. And so they bring all these sheep into the sheepfold and then the sheep would kind of intermingle and they would all be in the protection of this sheepfold and the shepherd would lay in front of the gate and they would take turns keeping watch over the flock at night and protecting them and watching over them. And so they would do this and then the next day it was time to go back out and graze and and, and feed and, and get water. So the shepherd would come and he would call to his sheep. Now here's what's interesting. I don't know if you notice this, but sheep tend to look alike, don't they? <laughs> so so let's say you got five hundred sheep all intermingled into this sheepfold, how does that shepherd know which sheep are his and which sheep are not his? Well actually it's not the shepherd that knows the sheep as well as the sheep know the shepherd. Yeah. So what would happen is the shepherd would come up and he would call out to his sheep. And because his sheep knew his voice, and they knew his character and nature, and they knew that following him, he would lead them to good places, they began to follow the voice of their shepherd. And they began to leave the flock. And all of a sudden, this shepherd, even though his sheep were all intermingled, all of his sheep would come out, and he would lead them to where he needed to take them. Now look back at this verse, John 10, verse 3. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Here's what I want you to see. God doesn't want you to just hear his voice. He wants you to know his voice. He wants you to know that when you, when you hear, it's not just, is this God or is this just pizza from last night? Like he wants to bring you to that kind of place in the relationship. And so that's one of the reasons why it's important that you understand what the Word of God has to say. Yeah. Because listen, there's going to be voices that sound like God sometimes that say things that are not from God. Yeah. Right. There will be voices that will tell you that you've messed up too bad. You've sinned too much. And you may think, oh, maybe that's God telling me that. That I failed and I've, I've messed up too many times. But that's not that's not God talking to you. But if you know the nature and character of God and you know that God will never throw you away like that, you, you don't have a problem. You, you can tune that voice out and say, that's not the voice I'm going to follow. That's not the voice of my good shepherd. But you've got to know the Word because it's through the Word that you come to recognize and know the voice of God. You recognize Him. You know, when you're in a relationship with someone, you come to recognize Him. You, you, you recognize who they are, what they're about. I've been married to my wife Sarah uh, this, this month. We'll be married 18 years. 18 years, right? Yeah, nice. I don't look like it, do I? <laughs> but in 18 years, and actually I knew her a couple of years before that, uh, so I've known Sarah for 20, 20 plus years, and I know her really well. I know her better than I know anybody else in the world, and I know, I know what she's about. I know her character. I know her nature. I know her heart, and so because I know who she is, I know what she's about. I also know what she's not about. So, like, for example, if after this class tonight, if you were to come up to me and you said, hey, I saw your wife today at Chick-fil-A, and uh, she went up to this, this single mom and her kids, and, and she bought them ice cream at Chick-fil-A, I would say, oh, well, yeah, that sounds like Sarah. That sounds like something she would do. I know my wife. I know that's not – she does stuff like that. If you came up to me and you said, hey, I saw your wife, and she was at Walmart, and she had this old grandma in a headlock, and she was choking that old lady out and punching her in the face – I'm going to say, that wasn't Sarah, because I know Sarah. She'd never do that, because I know her. Listen, because I know her, I know what she's like. I know what she'll do. I know what she won't do. I know her. I know her character. I know her nature. The Word of God allows you to come to know the character and the nature of God. God wants you to know Him that way. The other thing I've learned about Sarah is I know her voice. When Sarah calls me. And, and beyond the fact that it's, it, her picture shows up on my f- phone nowadays, but when she calls me, say so here's the thing, sometimes she, I'll get a call from her and I'll pick it up and it's not her, it's my, it's my son or my daughter and they got her phone and they just like to call me, just to let me know, hey, I'm watching a show, okay, that's good, you need anything, nope, just watching a show, all right, well enjoy it, but I, but I know them, as soon as I hear them I know but when Sarah calls me, I don't find myself going, who is this? Because <laughs> I know her voice. Why? Because I've spent time with her, and I know her, her voice. I know what she sounds like. God wants you to know his voice. In, in fact, it's a distinguishing mark of a Christian is that you hear the voice of God, and you know the voice of God. The word vo- voice in, in, in the Bible is the word uh, phone, which means tone sound or spoken word God wants you to hear and know his tone his spoken word God wants you to recognize who he is what he's saying recognize him immediately so when you know someone you can recognize their voice and through the word you really can come to know and recognize the voice and the heart and the nature of God and if what you're hearing is God or if it's something else so the word is huge when it comes to hearing God Most of the time when God speaks to you, it's going to be through his word. Either making, uh, sometimes God will just make a verse just, you know, when you're reading and studying scripture, all of a sudden it just pops off the page. You ever had that happen? You're reading the Bible, and maybe you're reading a story you've read a thousand times, but this time something just jumps out at you. That's God speaking through his word. It's alive. It's still active. Or maybe you're driving down the road and you're asking God a question or you 're thinking about something, all of a sudden a verse comes to your mind, and it just speaks to the situation exactly what to do and helps you to know what you're going to do. So if you're looking for answers, you want to hear the voice of God. Listen, so need to hear this. Stop waiting for a voice, and start looking for a verse. Get in the word, get in the word, find a verse. now i 'm not trying to downplay um, the voice of God here, obviously that's what this class is about. But if you're not willing to get into the Bible and read the general word of God, you're not really giving God much to work with so that he can give you the specific word and will for the specific situations that you're dealing with. You've got to know what the word of God says. So, um, So let's talk now a little bit about, man, time is going quick here. This is crazy. Let's talk now a little bit about how it works with hearing the voice of God. A little bit more specific, because this is where I was, I, I was a little confused when I was younger. Like, how do you hear God? Like, what does He sound like, you know? So there's two questions I want to answer for you. What does God sound like? And two, where does God speak? What does God sound like? Where does God speak? I remember when I first started wanting to hear from God. Uh, I, I'd grown up in church. And my parents were were ministers. My dad was a worship leader. I was one of those people that was at church every time the doors were open. I was at church a lot of times when the doors weren't open to everybody else. I was there a lot. And so I grew up around the things of God. But in in a way, I kind of, my approach, I'd made Jesus the Lord of my life, the Savior of my life, but I hadn't really owned it. I'd kind of been riding the coattails of my parents, kind of inherited my walk with God. There came a time, and this is true for everybody, you gotta own your walk with God. Yeah. Yeah. And so I started doing that and started really wanting to hear God. Like this idea of hearing God became something that I became very aware of. And I wanted to hear God. And so I remember thinking like, okay, well, I wonder what God's gonna sound like, you know? Like how I'll know it's his voice. Like, cause you know, you grow up and you see movies or you even see cartoons. You know, they had these little Christian cartoons I would see and when God would speak, he had like a really deep voice, yeah. loud voice, and there was lightning and fire, you know? It's like Morgan Freeman, you know? Is yeah. that God? God, is that you? Like, he's going to talk like Morgan Freeman. Or there was the other thing, which is like the still, small voice of God. So is it Morgan Freeman, loud, booming, like Darth Vader? Or is it going to be like filled of Dreams? Like, if you build it, he will come. Like, how is God going to talk to me? And so I, I wasn't exactly sure how God would sound, and then I also didn't really know how to listen like where how do you listen because we live in a natural world and most of the listening i do is through my ears my physical ears and so that's kind of how i was processing it but if you're going to hear the voice of god you have to learn how to process it a little bit different because you got to understand this about god and about the real you god is a spirit he's a spirit being and the real you the born again part of you is a spirit too and so The Bible says this, John 4, 24 says, for God is spirit. It goes on to say, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. But God is a spirit. And so most of the time when we hear God, it's God talking to us spirit to spirit, spirit to spirit. That's how it works. So we can't process God speaking to us like we do a lot of the other natural voices that we hear in our life. We have to, we can't just listen with our physical ears. We got to learn to listen in a different way. In a different place. Now, I'm not saying that God can't speak to you through an audible voice. God's God, He can do whatever He wants. But I've never had it happen to me. And I would even say I question whether anyone has. In fact, a lot of times when you read in the Bible and it sounds like God is speaking in an audible voice, only one person's hearing Him and there may be other people around. So I question whether they just are processing it from an audible standpoint. I've had experiences where i felt like I maybe heard an audible voice, but I know I didn't. Yeah. And I wonder if that's what we, we think sometimes. But, but God speaks to you through your, your spirit, not brain to your brain or mouth to, to, to ear. The way he communicates to you is not in the physical realm, it's in the spiritual realm. Look at this with me. John 16, verse 13, if you've got your Bible. John 16, verse 13 says this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, the spirit here is the Greek word pneuma. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. So Jesus here is talking about the helper he's gonna send in the Holy Spirit, who's gonna lead you and guide you in all truth, direct you. It says he will guide you into all truth. Now look at this, he will not speak. Notice that he speaks, he's talking, okay? He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. So Jesus says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to come, and he's going to speak to you. And when he speaks to you, he's not just saying whatever he wants to say. He's speaking in line with what God says, which is also what Jesus did. John 12, 49. Jesus says this, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. So Jesus says that when he's talking, he's not just saying just whatever he wants to say. He's speaking in alignment with the will of God, the heart of God. So what we see here is that God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit are all speaking in agreement with each other. They're all in alignment. They're not going to tell you different things. They're all in agreement with what they're saying. So so here's what happens, okay? When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you receive a brand new born-again spirit. Before this, you were dead. Your spirit, it, it wasn't like your spirit was struggling. Your spirit was dead. It was, you were a dead man. And now you're born again. You receive this brand new born again spirit. And with it, you get the Holy Spirit. But then there is another baptism you can receive. See, when you, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the family of God. But then there's another baptism you can receive. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, where Jesus baptizes you into the Holy Spirit, into a fuller uh, submerged, submerged version of yourself, where you become saturated with the Spirit of God within you. And now the Holy Spirit inside of you can speak and commune from the heart of God to your spirit. And so here's what happens, then your spirit communes that to your mind, and your mind process it, processes it like a thought. Well, yeah. You guys tracking with me tonight? Yeah. So, so, so what does God sound like? Here's what God sounds like. A lot of times, He sounds like you. sounds like your thoughts, yeah. only they're not your thoughts. They're the thoughts of God in alignment with God's Word and His will, coming from the Holy Spirit to your spirit, interpreted through your mind so that's why you think, that's why you think, is this me or is this really God? Yeah. Because we, we think that God's going to speak to us, and it's, it's not Morgan Freeman. It's not if you build, he will come. It sounds like you. Yeah. And that was one of the most confusing things. And you say, well, you know what, Pastor Josh, I get a lot of thoughts. So how do I process this? How do I know what thoughts are from God and what thoughts are my own? Well, that's why you need to know what the Word of God says. Yeah. That's why it's important that you understand what the Word of God says. But beyond that, here's another way you come to learn what God is saying to you, if it's God or if it's not, is through practice. It's through the practice of relationship. Spending time with God on a regular basis. Setting appointments with God on a regular basis. The Bible says this in Hebrews 5.14. Am I helping you tonight? It says, but solid food is for the mature. And this is talking about spiritual growth here. So it's saying here that it's, it's, it's encouraging us to move beyond being a baby, being a baby Christian. It's talking about people growing. It says, solid food is for the mature who, look at this, by constant use, by repetition, have trained themselves. Notice we train ourselves to distinguish good from evil. What we're told here is that it's through some repetition It's through constant communication with God and connecting with God that we learn to start distinguishing what may be from God and what may be just another voice, what may be from the evil one, what may be just, you know, some other thing trying to to grab a hold of our attention. It's by practicing, it's by repetition and consistency that we're able to mature and grow in our ability to discern what we're hearing, if it's God, if it's the flesh, or if it's the devil. By constant use. So the old saying is true, practice makes perfect, right? The more you practice relationship with God, the more you grow to know God and to know his voice. And so one of the great things you can do for this practice in developing the voice of God in your life is the practice of consistent relationships. Let me let me say it like this. What does your quiet time look like? Like you need to have if you want to hear the voice of God, you need to practice. The spiritual discipline of regularly having quiet time with the Lord. Where you tune in to God and you disconnect from your day, from your routine, from the rhythm of your, your normal life and make room for God in your life. And make room for the voice of God in your life. Tune out some of those things that are trying to dilute the voice of God. And I think back to my relationship with Sarah. One of the ways I, I learned to know Sarah's voice and to learn about her character is I've spent time with her. And so here, okay, so let me say it like this. One of the reasons why we struggle with quiet time. If you, are, if you find yourself tonight saying, "Ah, eh, quiet time is hit or miss. One of the reasons why you struggle with that is because you haven't set an appointment for it. And like, really, I'm going to stick to my appointment. I bet you, if I was to go around the room, there are a lot of you that have appointments throughout your week that you have set, that you attend, that you make sure you get to those appointments. Like, you get to work on time. You got an appointment to be at work every day, you're going to get to work on time. Why? Because there's consequences, you understand, if you don't do it. Or, I, I remember when I was getting to know Sarah, I would set appointments with her. I'd call her up and I'd say, hey, this Friday night, I want to take you out. These appointments were called Dates. Uh, and because, because I valued her, and I was valuing getting to know her greater, so I said an appointment. Let's go out, and I'll pick you up at 6 o'clock, and we're going to go see a movie, and we're going to go eat, and we're going to be together. And I'm, I'm valuing relationship, so I set an appointment. And then you know what? Because I value her, I showed up on time. I was there when I said I'd be there, and, and eventually she'd come out of her house, and we'd go somewhere. Anybody else, when you got married, like I, a lot of times, I'd, I'd, I'd set an appointment with Sarah, so I'm going to pick you up at 6, and I'd get there, and about six, 6.05, she'd come bouncing, you know, out of her room, and we'd, we'd go, but then we'd get married, I remember on my honeymoon being like, we're going to go somewhere, and be like, hey, let's go, let's go eat, and she'd be like, okay, let me get ready, and then it was just like, oh my gosh, this takes forever, I wasn't a part of this before, I was always just showing up. There was hours of prep work that went into this, getting ready to go out. Shocking. But I set an appointment. The things we value, we set appointments for. So you say you want to hear God. You want to value his voice? Set an appointment. Start setting an appointment to hear from him. If you value him enough, you'll set time aside to be able to connect with him and hear from him. And if you don't, you're not going to hear him like you want to you're going to have to set some time aside. I remember a few years ago, um, I was living in Dallas at the time. I was at a church called Gateway that we were at before we moved here. And I'd been at Gateway for about a year and a half. And at the time, I was a little frustrated working there. There had been a lot of changes that had had taken place uh, among the staff at the church. And I kind of found myself in this place where I was going, I don't I don't know if I want to be here I don't know if this is the right place for me and I felt like I was supposed to be there but you know how it is sometimes when you, stuff's just kind of rubbing you the wrong way and so I'm I'm asking God about this and I remember this one morning I got up it was a Friday and I had my quiet time with the Lord I, and I, I worshiped God and I spent some time worshiping the Lord I spent some time praying and then uh and then I, in my prayer time, I just, I just talked to God a little bit. I said, Lord, I, I'm frustrated right now with this whole situation. And I, I don't know, am I supposed to be here? Is this where you want me to be? And, uh, and I, I know enough about hearing the voice of God. I was hearing God at this time. But I knew enough about the voice of God that I, I've learned this. If I don't hear from God right away, it doesn't discourage me. Because I, I do, you do need to know this. God is God. Okay? So we don't just kind of bark out orders to him. And sometimes God doesn't speak to me right away because he wants to speak to me at another time where I'm really ready to hear. So I asked God about this, and he didn't really say, I didn't really get anything at that time. And so then I went out, and I I lifted weights, and I uh, got ready to go for a run. And so I put my headphones in and my little iPod at the time that I had, and I started listening to some music, and I went for a run. And I'm not even listening to Christian music, people. So just so you know, I'm not being real spiritual. I'm listening to something that's got like a beat, it's driving, it's getting me going, I'm running, <laughs> trucking along. And all of a sudden, I'm telling you, this is probably the closest I've ever felt like I heard an audible voice. I heard a voice from the Lord that said something to me that stopped me in my tracks. And God said, you're going to work for Preston. That's what I heard. And I'm telling you, it was so clear that I literally stopped running, took my headphones out, And I walked home. Now, at the time, I didn't understand this. But I knew that there was a guy at the church, and he was was a buddy of mine. His name was Preston Morrison. And he was uh, the young adults pastor at Gateway. And I knew that he was going to be moving to Scottsdale in the future to plant a Gateway campus in Scottsdale, Arizona. And so uh, I knew him. I liked him. He was a friend of mine. So when I heard this, I thought, oh, my gosh, God is wanting us to go to Arizona. I think that's what this means. And so I walked home and walked in the house and I went up to Sarah and I was like, hey, I, I just heard the Lord. I went for a run and God spoke to me and I know it was God. He said, we're gonna work for Preston. And I don't exactly know what that means yet, but I think we need to start praying about this and, and, and we'll see what it means. And so went about the rest of my Friday. Saturday, I had church. Sunday, I had church. Monday rolls around. And Monday at Gateway, we would have a meeting beginning of every Monday, where we would come together, we'd pray, we'd talk about the weekend. And so I I get to the office, I'm kind of getting all my stuff arranged, and then I walk down to this meeting room where we have the meeting, and I open up the door, and sitting in that room is Preston Morrison, one of the executive pastors of Gateway Church. And they start off the meeting by saying, well, guys, there's another change getting ready to take place here at Gateway Frisco. Uh, Preston Morrison is going to be the new campus pastor at this building at this church, and so he is now going to be your boss, or in the words of the Lord, you're going to work for Preston, (laughs) and so I'm sitting there, my jaw is on the ground, and I'm just going, and like I was actually extremely excited for a number of reasons, one, I'm hearing God, (laughs) dang if I ain't hearing God, Uh, two, you know, there's a lot of changes that were taking place, and some of those changes I was aggravated with but now this change has taken place. I'm actually excited about it because I know God's behind it and I'm supposed to be a part of it. Yeah. And what I didn't know at the time was that God was going to use Preston to actually a lot of the things I was frustrated with. He was going to come and he was going to fix a lot of that stuff. And beyond that, I was going to get to stay at Gateway for another five years and there sit and learn so many things that now are practices and things that we uh, use here at New Song Church. See, I didn't see all that, but God saw that. He knew what was going on. And so he came to me and he spoke to me. But you know how he did it? He did it because I made room for him. I had quiet time that morning. I wonder if I wouldn't have had quiet time, how that would have gone down. I wonder how often it is God wants to speak to you. You know, we, we talk about God standing at the door knocking. I wonder how often he wants to come in and speak something like that to you. But because we don't make any room for him, he can't do it. And we miss out. And instead of being able to walk into things that he wants for us with, with faith and excitement, we kind of limp into things or even hesitate at things because we're not tuning in, because we're not making room for his voice to speak. Listen, God is not going to come speak something to you if you're not saying, God, what do you want to say? You've got to invite him in. We live in a loud world. There's a lot of stuff you're going to have to tune out. And that's one of the things that quiet time enables you to do. It enables you to tune out some of the noise of this world, the voices of the enemy, and voices that would war against the voice of God wanting to speak to you. In fact, I encourage you in your quiet time, when you're spending time with the Lord, start it with worship. Worship the Lord to start off. You know why? Because worship is a powerful weapon that silences the enemy. That's what Psalm 8 says. Through the praise of children and infants. Now this is not just saying it, it can only be children and infants. What this is saying is, It's the youngest and the weakest among us. Even them, they can use this and it's powerful. So if they can use it and it's powerful, so can you, right? It says, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to, check this out, silence the foe and the avenger. So when you go into your quiet time and you worship the Lord, you start off singing songs and worshiping God and glorifying God, it sends the voices that would war against the voice of God running. And beyond that, Psalms 22 verse 3 says, God inhabits the praises of of his people. So two things happen when you worship the Lord. You welcome God in and you you tell God, hey, you're welcome here. And you tell the enemies to the voice of God, you're not welcome. It makes a a powerful statement, so I encourage you to take some time, spend some time listening to God, speaking to God, inviting God, have a quiet time, make room for God to speak to you. Now, I want to talk to you about some different ways that God can speak to you, because God speaks, can speak to us in a lot of different ways. In fact, I was thinking about this today, there's a lot of different ways that I can communicate with people. Think about all the different communication methods that we have today. There is face-to-face communication, but there's telephone communication, there's text, there's email, there's Slack, there's GroupMe, there's FaceTime, like there's so many different ways that we can communicate with people, right? There's letters, like a, like a written letter, that's still a thing. Lots of different ways you can communicate. There's lots of different ways that God can communicate with you too. It's not always just a spoken word, sometimes it's it's different things. So let me, let me kind of talk to you, because some of you, I may say some of this tonight and you may go, man, I am here hearing God, God has been leading me. I just maybe didn't recognize it like I should. So here's one of the ways God speaks to you. God speaks through peace. God speaks through peace. Colossians 3:15 says that the peace of God that comes from Christ, let it rule in your hearts. The peace of God from Christ can rule in your heart. Now, this kind of peace that, that this verse is talking about here is not peace the way the world processes peace. It's, it doesn't mean that everything is perfect. It means in spite of what's going on, you have peace. It means that um, it's regardless of the circumstances. It's it's regardless of external reasoning. Yeah. It's a peace that, that comes from God. In fact, Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, which means it goes beyond your ability to reason. It means you have peace even when In your mind, in your thinking, you don't feel like you should, but you do anyways. This is a peace that God wants to bring to you. He'll speak. He'll communicate a peace to you. He'll send a peace to you that helps steal your heart and helps you know that God is with you. Uh, Years ago, when we first actually moved to Dallas, so this is, gosh, this would have been 12 years ago. Yeah, Gus just turned 13, so this was 12 years ago. We moved from Tulsa, Oklahoma, where we had lived our whole life. I moved to Tulsa when I was two years old from Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I, I am a Texan, but I I don't I don't mean it, okay? <laughs> I was born there. But I don't mean it at all. All right. But we moved to 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 Tulsa and I, I lived there my whole life and I knew Tulsa well. But we, there was a church in Dallas that wanted us to come and be on staff at their church. And we, me and Sarah went down we visited this church. And uh, we, we, it, was, it was really funny because we, we didn't like everything about the church. And yet, even in that, we had peace. We just felt like God was saying, I want you to go. I want you to do this. And so we went back home. We put our house on the market. Our house sold very quickly and uh, And so we moved with our little one year old Gus moved to to Frisco, Texas, to be a part of this church. And we got there, and immediately, within six months, things started to fall apart. Six months into being there, um, we found out, and this was a young church, the church was three years old at the time. They had just moved into a building campaign three years or this was three years into the life of the church. six months into us being there, we discovered that the pastor. had uh, had been having multiple moral affairs. He had been unfaithful to his wife. And uh, and so, I mean, it was devastating. And we had to sit this pastor down. He was voted out. And so now we're in this place where I've moved my family here. I, I thought I heard from God. And now you're going, man, did I hear from God? Did I miss it? Was that really peace of God or was that just, you know, something else, because this does not look good, and so me and Sarah, I I remember that first night, that first day coming back, telling Sarah about it, and she's just devastated, and we're both kind of scrambling, like, what am I going to do, what, you know, when when a church loses a pastor, typically the church is easily cut in half, and beyond the fact that this had happened, we also discovered that there was money that was missing, there was just, there was a lot of stuff that was just I mean, where there was smoke, there was a lot of fire, and uh, which, by the way, it was great for me to walk through this because I learned about the importance of having government and elders and things in place to to keep accountability in place. It was very important for me in that season of life. But at the time, I'm just going, Lord, what am I going to do? What if I lose my job? What if I don't have a paycheck anymore? You know, I already took a pay cut to come here. I'm not doing great. I'm kind of having to, you know, hustle. And, and do other stuff to kind of even make it right now. What, what am I going to do? And I remember me and Sarah prayed, and we just had peace. I just had peace. It was going to be okay. And it was a peace that passes understanding. I almost felt irresponsible. I really did. I was like, I should be more worried about this than I am, but I'm not. Like, what's the deal? Like, I remember talking to my dad and being like, should I be looking for, like, what should I be doing right now? Um, it was actually, this happened right before Easter, and I remember that Easter weekend, I remember getting up, and I was I was a children's pastor, and I got up to speak to these kids, and I remember preaching, and I thought, this may be the last time I ever do this, I don't know, but I got up, and I gave them everything I had, and so then that Monday rolls around, and, uh, and this church hears about what's going on, and they call us up, and it was a church called Gateway Church, and they came, and they said, hey, we heard about what's going on, and we you guys. We don't know what that looks like yet, but we want to walk you through this, whatever it means. And we want you guys to know the staff, which there was four of us. They're like, we want you to know, we're going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about anything. You're going to be okay. And so that brought another level of peace. And then I got to be a part of this transition, and eventually our church became Gateway Church. And I ended up coming on staff at Gateway Church. Now, I didn't plan that. I didn't try to make that happen. God did all that. And I got a part to be a part of this church. And you know what? When Gateway came in and, and brought me on staff, they gave me a raise. I didn't have to side hustle anymore. It was awesome. And what I discovered was, you know what? With that piece we had originally when we were unsure about this church, that was God then saying, hey, I got something in store. And the peace that we had when everything seemed to be falling apart, again, that was God saying, hey, you may not be able to see it, but I know exactly what I'm doing. And I'm taking you where I want you to be. See, God's plan all along was to get me to Gateway. Because he knew how important that was going to be. But he needed to walk me through some stuff that would help me to become the pastor that I am today. God knows things. But he spoke to me and he communicated to me peace during that season. You know what that peace said? That peace said, I'm with you. I got you. You don't have to worry about a thing. That's how God wants to talk to you. God wants to speak to, to you through peace. Peace that's not just dependent upon your circumstances being perfect. It's dependent upon a God who is perfect being with you in the middle of your circumstances. I'll preach right there, Judy. (laughs) So one of the ways God will speak to you is through peace. Here's another way God will speak to you. He'll speak to you through an inner witness. An inner witness. Sometimes when God speaks to you, it's not through words. It's kind of like an inner knowing. It's like an inner knowing. Uh, Romans 8.16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are, a chi- that we are children of God. Romans 9.1 says, I tell you the truth in Christ, I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. The, the key in those two verses is that word witness. That word witness there uh, means the Holy Spirit is speaking the truth to you. He's bearing witness to something with your born again spirit. And and when you really break this down, it means that he's transferring knowledge to you, maybe not through words, but through just kind of an inner knowing. It's like like your gut, right? You ever had a gut feeling? Sometimes those gut feelings are God. God giving you a gut feeling that it's going to be okay. These gut feelings, these gut impressions, this inner knowing that God wants to speak to you that things are going to be all right. Uh, A few years ago, My son, Gus, was about six years old. We were taking him to his first baseball game, and I'm trying to give you guys some life examples tonight, so I hope this helps you. I was taking my son, Gus, to this little baseball game. his first ever baseball game. We were living in Frisco at the time, Frisco Rough Riders. He's six years old, and we're getting ready to walk out the door, and my wife says something that changes the entire dynamic of the evening. She says, Gus, you better bring your gloves so you can maybe catch a foul ball. Now... Six-year-old Gus was unbelievably driven. I mean, so he hears his mom say foul ball, and he looks at me like, what is this foul ball she speaks of? And I'm like, well, yeah, sometimes in a baseball game, they'll hit the ball, and it'll go into the stands, and you can catch a ball. And I can just see him going, this has to happen. I need this to take place. Dad, we got to grab my glove. we got to bring my glove. And so now the whole time we're going there, he's going, Dad, do you think I'm going to catch a foul ball tonight? I really want to catch a foul ball tonight, Dad. Do you think I can maybe catch a foul ball tonight? I've got to keep my glove on all night, Dad, so I can catch a foul ball. And he's just talking about this. And I'm like, well, and I'm trying to kind of, you know, bring things into the reality of what could happen. So I'm like, well, buddy, you know, here's the thing. I've been to a lot of baseball games. I've never caught a foul ball. So, you know, it's not just automatic that it's going to happen. Not everybody's going to walk away with a ball tonight. And so he gets kind of quiet for a minute, and he looks at me, and he says, Dad, can we pray that I catch a foul ball? (laughs) Sure. So now I'm trying to, I'm praying one of those, if it be thy will prayers, which I'm going to actually preach about this weekend, that you shouldn't pray that way. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm like, okay, Lord, if it's your will for us to catch a foul ball, we just pray that that would happen. But either, either way, we're going to have a great time tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And he's, and he's just in, amen, I'm going to catch a foul ball tonight. That's not what I wanted you to hear in that prayer, son. So so anyways, we get to the game and we're in concession. Like, hey, Dad, we better hurry, we don't get to our seats, we can catch a foul ball. We go sit in our seat. Dad, do you think this is a good seat? you think I can catch foul ball here? I don't know, buddy. We'll, we'll see. Watching the game, foul ball gets hit every time. He's just, he's just on it. Finally, we're about six, six innings in this game. He's been talking about the foul ball all night. And he's got to go to the bathroom. But he doesn't want to go to the bathroom because he doesn't want to miss the opportunity to catch foul ball. And so I have to convince him, buddy, it would be a, a shame that you pee your pants in the pursuit of this foul ball thing let's go let, I, we'll be okay let's go it will be i i i believe so i take him up to the restroom and i've been watching him all night and he's so driven to get this ball that at this point i i went to the lord i really did and he's in the little bathroom i'm there and i'm just kind of under my breath going lord if there's any way we really can't get a foul ball tonight would you help me so we walk out of the bathroom when we walk out um I just had this kind of impression to sit somewhere different. And so I said, hey, you know what, buddy? Let's sit over here. Let's just, maybe, maybe we'll catch a foul ball if we go over here. And he was like, okay. And so, so I just went over to this section, and then I, I walked down just a few rows, and then I turned into an aisle, and I walked down, and I just sat down in a seat. And I kid you not, I ki- God is my witness. Within about a minute, a foul ball gets hit. I'm sitting in this seat, and this is what I had to do to get it, okay? No one else is around us. We're just over here by ourselves. Ball gets hit. I just go. There you go. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. And, and, I, and I wish I would have brought it. I have this picture of Gus holding this ball, and he's just like. But listen, I know, I know that was God. God wanted to, to prove himself faithful to my little guy that night. And you know what else God wanted to do? He wanted to show me something. Because I was in, I was during this season that we were moving, we were in the process of leaving Gateway to move here. We were taking a lot of really big steps of faith. And I found myself going, God, am I hearing you? Am I hearing you? And I remember walking out of that stadium that night and I had that little baseball in my hand. And I'm walking out, and God spoke to me, this time with words, and He said, you're hearing me better than you think you are. And it gave me, it bore witness. But see, he, he, he didn't, God didn't say, go sit there and shine a light on it. It was just an, it was just like an inner knowing that led me exactly where I needed to go. I know the Holy Spirit inspired that. That's how God's going to speak to you. He'll, this will happen. You'll be going through life, and you'll just get an impression a certain way. Maybe God will put someone on your heart to pray for. Uh, maybe you'll get a, a good impression about someone. Um, where you, you I remember the first time I ever saw Joy Barker at our church, who's our preschool uh, teacher, leader, preschool pastor. I, I saw her, I just remember thinking, man, there's something about her. There's an impression. I remember the first time I saw Josh Romano at Gateway Church, or at New Song Church, uh, and beyond the fact that he's a huge man... <laughs> I just remember seeing him, and there was just something about him. There's an impression I had about him. God will do that. I, I, I invite that from God. I ask God, God, show me people. Show me people. I've had God give me impressions about people that were warnings before. But you just this kind of inner gut. It's not necessarily a thus saith the Lord kind of thing, it's just something in you. I'd also say this if you're married, uh, a lot of times wives are really good at this. So, husbands, your wife may have an impression. Listen to her. A lot of times your wife will have impressions about, my wife gets impressions about people that are very helpful for me. Sometimes she'll be like, hey, watch that person. And I'm, and she's right, she's right. So God wants to speak to you through peace. He wants to speak to you through inner witness. God wants to speak to you through coincidences. God can speak to you through coincidences. You know, something about God you need to, you need to recognize. God wants to talk to you more than you want him to talk to you. He really does. He wants to get his word across to you. And so sometimes he'll use coincidences to get it across to you, to make sure that you're getting it. You know, the, 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 the baseball, you could look at that as kind of a coincidence situation, an impression and then a coincidence, and then it was able to speak something. But, but these coincidences God, God will use sometimes because he loves you and he's for you and he wants to help you and he wants to, he wants to help you to know that what you're hearing is from him. Jesus actually used the word coincidence uh, in the story of the parable of the Good Samaritan. And the word means this. It means what occurs together by God's providential arrangement of circumstances. So God will arrange circumstances. So I've had it be like this before. I'm reading the Bible, and a verse just kind of pops off the page at me. And I'm, I'm just thinking about that verse, and I write it down. And then later on, I... I'm talking to to somebody, and they're like, you know what? I was reading, and God just, you reminded me of this verse. And you're like, whoa, that's the I was just reading that verse. You ever had that happen before? And then I'll I'll put on, you know, a a message to listen to. And that verse will be in that message again. And it's just these little God incidences, is what I like to call them, where God is just making himself known. Uh, A great example of this is I remember when we were looking for a building situation, This was a couple, three years ago, we were in an event venue and we were outgrowing it and we knew we had to get into a building and it was a really weird season because um, there was was one thing I knew, but there was also something that was keeping me from moving ahead with what I knew. Here's what I knew. I knew we were supposed to eventually build a church in the Deer Creek area out in that land. I knew God spoke to me, made that very clear to me. I knew that. But but what I was dealing with was, well, but we need a we need a building now. Like we're I'm running three services and this is, you know, we're 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 hammering away at this and our kids' space is setting up and teared down. Like we need a space now. So I wasn't moving on anything because I was waiting for the next thing. And I'm telling you, we were the 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 doors for a building were being supernaturally shut in our face. It was crazy. I remember one time I found this building, and I'm looking at it online, and it, I'm thinking, this is great. The square footage is right. This It's been sitting for months. It's been on the market. I can see how long it's been on the market. And so I call them up, and I'm like, hey, I'd like to come look at this building. And they're like, well, you can come look at it, but we, we got somebody that's supposed to be signing a contract at the end of this week. It's been sitting empty for years, and now someone, the week that I want to look at it. <laughs> and, and we would go to places, and we'd be like, hey, we're interested in leasing this, and they'd just say, No. No, like we, there was a mall that we talked to at one point, thank God, and, and it's so much of it, thank, thank you, Lord, for slamming the door shut in our face, but we called up this mall one time, and we were like, hey, we, we've noticed you guys have a lot of space, we were wondering if that may be something you would lease to a church, and they're like, you're a church? No, Hang up, oh, okay, mall, it wasn't Quail Springs, just so you know, so you don't have to, you don't, you can still shop there, all right? <laughs> But another thing we were facing was uh, weed. <laughs> like people, all these places, we'd go to them, and they're like, well, you know, we're, we're kind of holding out for the growers. <laughs> okay, cool. We're trying to grow people. Uh, so I, it was crazy. So I remember one day I was praying. I had my quiet time, and I'm talking to the Lord. And I'd been talking to the Lord about this, but I was talking to the Lord about it, and I just said, God, what do you want me to do? And very clearly, God spoke to me, and he says, well, what do you know? I said, well, I know that we're supposed to build a building out there in that Deer Creek area. And God said, start making moves, and I'll bless the moves you make. And so I called up uh, this lady that we were working with, this attorney, and I said, hey, I want you to make an offer on that land we're looking at, 30 acres of land. We bought it and uh, got it under cost. We were able to negotiate it down. That, that land is worth, I think, $400,000 more now than when we bought it. Um, which is gonna be a great investment for us as we move towards turning, turning that into a, a building. But, but, but here's what also inter, interesting is I made that move. And right after I make that move, I get a call from a guy in our church, Brad Lewis. He says, hey, I found this building. I want you to take a look at it. And I came over here and it was this building. And I walk in and I just, there was an inner knowing that oh, this is it. This is it. I could see it. Like I'd never walked into a building. I'd walked into many buildings. I've never seen it like I could see this building. And I could see it. I could see this is the next step. And so what God did was he, he led me there with, with, these, uh, with these coincidences that led, led me to make this. Now, okay, so here's the coincidence story. As I'm looking at that land, because I forgot to tell you this part. This is the whole point of the story. <laughs> As I'm looking at that land one day, because after God told me, I want you to do this and I'll bless, I'll bless the move that you make. After I did that, I was still kind of going, was that really God? You know, just so you know, I do, this, I do this too sometimes, okay? And I'm driving down the road with my son, Gus, and he says, hey, Dad, I had a dream last night. And I was like, really? And when he said it, it my ears just perked up. I just knew he's getting ready to say something profound. He said, I had a dream. He said, me and you were standing on this piece of land, and we had on hard hats. And I said, Dad, what are we doing here? And you said, we just bought this land. We're going to build a church here. And I said, all right. Let's go. go." Coincidence, right? Isn't God cool? Listen, God will talk to you. I'm telling you, God will talk to you if you'll make room for him. And he'll talk to you in the coolest ways. There are coincidences that will take place. And I found that some of the coincidences are sometimes these little miracles that God will perform that he'll do anonymously. He'll use other people to do them. So God will speak to us through all these different ways. Here's the fourth way he'll speak to us. He'll speak to us through warnings. Speak to us through warnings. You know, think of the Holy Spirit and the, God's, the Holy Spirit's role in your life sometimes is like the control tower for a plane. The control tower has the ability to see things and understand things that the plane and the pilot can't necessarily always see. The control tower has a broader scope of understanding. And so the control tower can speak to the plane and the pilot and give him direction that is in, a, is in agreement with everything else that's going on. And so that's one of the things the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to lead you and guide you and help you. And, and one of the things he'll do is he'll warn you from things that could be a disaster, from things that could, could hurt you. Because we have a limited perspective sometimes. And so God will, will, will not scare you that's not how God works. He doesn't operate in fear. But he'll, he'll let you know about something before it happens and give you warnings so that you can prepare for it, pray for it, and even be ready to respond in it. And one of the greatest stories I have of this in my life happened when I was a little kid. My mom had been praying for me, and she had a, a real impression of a warning that something was going to happen. And at this time, I worked out at Dry Gulch at this camp. I was a wrangler out there. And my mom, I had come into town. I think I had gone to the dentist. My mom had taken me to the dentist, and she was taking me back out. And she had been praying, and she felt this, this kind of warning about danger for me. And so she had prayed about it. Her and my dad had prayed about it, and she was taking me out. And she, was ta- and she talked to me. I remember this so well. She's taking me out there. It was a 45-minute drive, and she talked to me all the way there just preaching at me, my mom. I got to a praying, preaching mama. And so she was talking to me and she was saying, you know, Josh, it's important that you learn how to hear the voice of the Lord for yourself and that you're led by the voice of God. And she didn't tell me to be afraid. She didn't tell me any of this, but she just talked to me about how important it is to stay tuned in with God and to listen to God and to, to allow God to speak and to be, like, to be giving him space in my life. And so we prayed together and she took me out there. Well, I was a wrangler at Dry Gulch and one of the things I would do is at night, three nights a week, uh, we would take kids on these wagon rides to this, this little saloon <laughs> where they would get root beer floats. It was a western town, if you know Dry Gulch. And we'd take them up there on these wagons. And we had these two big, they are called Belgian horses. And they're like a Clydesdale, you know, like the Budweiser Clydesdale horses, except they're actually thicker, they're bigger. And there's these huge horses. And so we would harness these up, and then we would uh, we'd hitch them to this wagon. And these suckers could pull like 200 kids and adults uh, in these massive, massive wagons. And so my job as a 12-year-old, 85-pound boy was to stand in front of these horses and, and, and kind of keep them steady because as big as these horses were, they were scaredy cats. They would get freaked out by the littlest thing. And they're real antsy. But if, for some reason, if I'm standing there, they had security. This 85-pound, 12-year-old boy is going to take care of me, I guess. So I would stand in front while the kids were loading up and loading off, and while we were hitching them up. So this is the very beginning of the night. They're hitching up these big horses. I'm standing in front of them like I always do. And normally what I would do is, after I was done, uh, the, the head wrangler, the guy that drove these two big horses, would get up, he'd grab the reins, and he'd say, all right, Josh, come on up. And I would step out from in front of the horses, I'd walk around to the side, and there was a little ladder I would climb up, and I would sit right beside him. And then we would go pick up the kids, and I would get off and stand in front while the kids were loading, and then I would just do, this is my process that night. So he gets them all, we get them all hitched up, and he says, all right, Josh, come on up. And I start to walk around, and as I'm starting to walk around, I'm getting ready to grab a hold of that ladder, and I just felt like, nope, get on the back. And so rather than go up that ladder, I I just kept walking, and I just decided, I'll just get on the back tonight. And I I walked around to the back. Well, as I get ready to walk around the back, as I'm walking around the back, all of a sudden, The wagon just bolts and just starts going. And what had happened was there was a blue tarp that was over by the horses. And this tarp, the wind caught it and just moved it. And when it moved, those horses completely freaked out. And so they're running wild. They're spooked and they're running wild. And the head wrangler is with everything in him trying to stop these guys. But they are out of control. And so I see them take off running, and I just immediately could tell, this is not good, this is very bad. We were hitching them up right around the time that chapel gets out. So there's 200 kids coming out of chapel, and these horses are turning this corner around this barn, and they're heading towards where all those kids are, running out of control. And man, the fear like in that moment. And I'm running as hard as I can, chasing after them. And I see the horses, and they go over this hill, and there's kind of this fork in the road. And this way leads to the kids, and this way leads to this little valley. And I, I see enough to see that they go to the left. I think the, the, the head wrangler guy was pulling with everything he could to try to at least move them to in, the, in the other way. And so they go over this hill, and they disappear, and I can't see them. And I'm just running, and then I hear this boom. And I'm still running. I can't see a thing, but I know something's happened. I top that hill, and I see the wagon. And I see the horses about 100 feet down from the wagon, wrapped around a tree. And I see the Wrangler, the guy that was driving them, about 20 feet in front of where that wagon had hit that tree. And he's kind of sitting up, kind of dizzy looking. And I walk over to him. I'm like, are you all right? He's like, yeah, I'm okay. And I walk over and I look at the horses. The horses don't have a scratch on them. They're just wrapped up when their leather harnesses are wrapped around this tree. And then I turn around and I look at the wagon. And that side of the wagon where I normally got up every night was completely smashed in by a tree. Had I been sitting there like I normally did every night, had I gotten up like I always did, I would have either been killed or I would have been hurt very badly. I would had to dive off, probably would have got injured in some way. But God, right? God spoke to me. got a praying mama who hears God. And she prayed. And she covered me. And she talked to me about the voice of the Lord. And through her warning, I was made safe. God wants to talk to you. He wants to lead you and guide you in all truth. He wants to show you how to pray. My parents prayed, and that, those prayers protected me and saved me. Isn't God cool? He's so good, He's so good isn't He? Yeah. So here's the deal. God wants to lead you, and He wants to speak to you, and you can hear God. So what do you do? Here's what you do. You ask. You want to hear from God? Just start asking. God to speak to you. Let him know. God, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. Bible says in James 4 two, you do not have because you do not ask. John 16, 24, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. If you want to hear the voice of God, God needs to hear your voice saying, I want to hear your voice. God, will you speak to me? I remember how it all started for me. I was in that season where I was wanting to hear God. And I said, God, I want to hear from you. And I started praying. Every time I'd pray, I, I got it in my head, I want to hear God. And so I started praying. And I, man, I wanted to hear God so bad. And I remember the first time I really know that I know that I heard God. It was a wild story. I'm giving you a lot of wild stories tonight, haven't I? Here's another one. I was, uh, me and Sarah were, were married. We'd been married about three years and we were, we were um, living in this little house, and we had this sink that was stopped up. And so we'd, you know, we'd run water in it, and it would just fill up, and then it would slowly drain out. Now, I would know how to fix this now, <laughs> but at this time, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to fix it. I'd tried different things. I ran some Drano down it that didn't fix it. I'd, I'd taken a pair of needle-nose pliers and tried to see if I could grab something. <laughs> I couldn't get anything out of it. I stuck a screwdriver down there, nothing happened. So um, I told Sarah, I remember this night, telling Sarah, hey, I think I'm going to have to call a plumber. I don't know what to do, but we've got to get this fixed. And that was a real bummer for us because we were living paycheck to paycheck. We weren't doing very good. We barely had enough to get by. And I knew if I call a plumber, it's going to be at least 75 bucks for him to come out, probably another 50 bucks to fix it. You know, I'm going to lose like 150 You know, we just, that's going to, that, that was a big deal to us at that time. Yeah. And so I told Sarah that night, hey, I'm, I'm going to have to call a plumber and We were both kind of like, okay, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And so that night, I'm reading my Bible. And I had been talking. I've been saying, God, I want to hear from you. I'm asking God to speak to me. And I'm reading my Bible that night, just reading my Bible, going through Genesis, reading. I think I was reading about the story of Joseph. And I'm reading away at it. Sarah's already asleep. and, uh, And I'm reading. And all of a sudden, I just can see the sink in my mind. And I hear God say, go look at the sink. And now I say I hear God. At the time, I'm going, wait, what? And I I was literally going, no, this is stupid. I've been messing with this thing. I don't know how to fix it. I'm I'm in bed. I've been in bed. I'm comfortable. I'm in my underwear. I don't want to have to go in there and deal with this right now. But I also was thinking, but what if this is God? What if this is how this works? can't hurt to just see. So I got up. Bible down, walked into the bathroom, looked at the sink, turned on the water, filled up. So I'm sitting there looking at it, and all of a sudden, I see a drawer that we have in our home in my mind. I just, I just get this impression of this drawer in our kitchen that most of you probably have one like it. It's called a junk drawer. And I just, I got this impression, what you need to fix this is in the junk drawer. And again, I'm standing there in my underwear looking at this thing, thinking, this is crazy. What am I going to find in the junk drawer? A chapstick? Like, what am I going to do with it? But I, I go into the kitchen. I walk in there. I'm like, well, I'm already here Let's do this, see what happens. I go in there, and I open up the junk drawer, and I'm just looking at it, <laughs> going, okay, now what? And I see a little plastic knife, and I just had this feeling That knife is the answer. It's one of those plastic knives like that you get at McDonald's, you know, for your hot cakes. Like that kind of little knife. Has the little tiny little teeth on it that are, it's good for nothing. (laughs) And so I picked this knife up and I'm thinking, this is getting crazier by the minute. If this ain't God, this is the devil. At least I'll know that. know what the devil sounds like for sure. (laughs) So... I take this knife and I go into the bathroom and I remember thinking, here it goes. And I just take it and I stick it in the hole of the sink and then I pull it out. And I start pulling it out. And when I pull it out, I kid you not, I'm not making this up. One of the little teeth on that knife had a hair on it. This is gonna sound gross. It wasn't our hair, okay? I'm pulling this out and it's got this hair, and as I'm pulling it, the hair is like tight, it's like taut, and it's and I'm pulling it and pulling it and pulling it, and all of a sudden This big ball of hair attached to that one hair comes out. And I'm going, oh, my Lord. I throw that in the toilet. It wasn't our hair. Somebody lived there before us. That was their hair. It was nasty. But now I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh, my gosh. Listen, guys, I don't know what happened that night. I don't know if there was an angel that got in there and made that one little hair attached to that ball of hair and made all that. But I'm telling you, I got back in my bed that night going, I heard God. He spoke to me, and he led me, and he impressed on me things. And it was a small little step. Notice God didn't tell me right there, move to move, leave that church and move to Oklahoma City and start a new church. He didn't start like that. He started with a hairball. <laughs> but, but listen, I got in bed knowing. I knew that night I heard God. And it sounded a lot like me. And I was willing to trust it and listen and walk by faith and take some steps. And God led me. And He's led me step by step that way. And 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 the voice of God's gotten asked me to do bigger things. Cause eventually I got to the point where God did say, Hey, it's time to go. It's time to leave this church that's one of the most influential churches in America. Where you got a pretty good cushy Situation. I want you to leave that. I want you to move to Oklahoma City. I want you to start a church. And guess what? I did it, and I didn't have any problem doing it. I wasn't afraid at all. You know why? Because I knew God said to do it. Because I had been practicing hearing His voice for years. Listen, God wants to talk to you. Just like He does me. Just like He does Sarah. He can talk to you. Will you listen? Will you tune in to hear what it is? He wants to say i want to say one more thing sometimes when you are asking god to speak to you and you feel like you're not hearing from him maybe listen maybe it's because the time ain't right when i was 17 years old i got called into ministry and god told me i was going to pastor a church at 20 and then god went silent <laughs> on the subject and i would ask him god what do you want me like wh- where's this church going to be And he'd give me little things, but not much. He wouldn't talk to me about it too much. And here's why, because he knows me. And he knew that if he gave me too much of a vision for new song, I wouldn't fulfill the purposes that he had for me in these other places. So maybe there's things you're asking God about right now and he's not giving you an answer on them. And it's not because he's trying to withhold anything from you. It's because he's, he's got you in a season where he needs you to just be faithful to the field he has you in right now. Because when the time was right, and it was time to move, God started talking. I'll never forget driving down the road and asking God, God, what's the name of the church that I'm gonna plant? And I'd asked that question so many times, never heard a thing. I'm driving from Tulsa to Dallas and I'm by myself and I had been worshiping God and I'd been praying, talking to God and something rose up in me that said, ask God, ask him what the name of the church is. And so I said, God, what's the name of the church? And it dropped in me, New Song Church. And he not only gave me the church name, he gave me the verse, Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. set my feet upon a rock, gave me a firm place to stand. Many will see what the Lord has done, and they will put their trust in Him. He didn't just give me the name. He gave me the vision. This church is going to be a place where people would step into a new story, set their feet upon the rock of Jesus Christ, be able to step out from the mess. They weren't throwaways. People would look at their life and say, man, that's not just that church. That's Jesus Christ at work right there. God wants to talk to you, would you bow your heads and close your eyes, I want to pray for you tonight, Lord I just thank you for all these people who are here tonight, and I'm honored to be a part of this, I hope that this was helpful, Uh, I hope Lord that you have already been speaking to people here tonight, leading them and helping them to be equipped to hear you, and I just pray Lord their heart tonight in being here is a heart that says they want to hear from you they want to be led by your voice and lord i know that you are no respecter of persons that you love these people you want to speak to them and you want to lead them and guide them and so i thank you tonight that you would do just that that you would equip them for the assignment that you have ahead of them Lord. that you would speak to them through your word speak to them through the still small voice of the holy spirit speak to them with impressions speak to them through coincidences help them or to see you talking to them on a regular basis, Lord, so that they can be led to the great things that you've called them to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all these people tonight, Lord. I pray that you bless them tonight. I pray these things would stick with them. And I pray tonight that you would, in in the days ahead, that you would show up in a very real, tangible way and speak to them clearly so they, they, they know that they're hearing from you. I thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen?